to the Beautiful Mistakes Podcast. Uh, welcome back. This week I'm finally getting back to my conversation with my friend Marissa Butler. Uh, you may recall that we spoke to her, man, last year about her work with the Coalition for the Homeless. But uh, Marissa is one of those people that just does a lot of interesting stuff. So, as I think you'll hear in the recording, uh, it's hard to pin her down on just one topic. So, we kind of go all over the place. You know, we talk about uh, her life in New York. Uh, We talk about her working with an artistic co-op and how that kind of changed her life. Um, We talk about the embarrassing jobs I had while I was in college, uh, what the president smells like, um, all sorts of good stuff. So give it a listen. You know, when I was coming up with people that I wanted to include on the Beautiful Mistakes podcast, uh, you know, I just kind of ran down my list of friends and thought about, well, what are they involved in? And you especially were very hard kind of pinpoint just one thing because you're obviously involved with the coalition for the homeless but you're also you know very artistic person uh and so it's like i think i have to do two so this will be our second one so (laughs) tell me tell me about your artwork you know you're one of the people that i knew from college who was an art student um what type of art do you do well i i did in college um and, and this is, I think, a good time. I think you can definitely relate to this. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I went ahead and took the plunge, and I didn't get a, quote, marketable degree. <laughs> right. Uh, you know, I mean, what is that, really? You know, Seriously. you can have that conversation. But, because I'm doing fine, you're doing fine. Um, but anyway, I went ahead and took the plunge and did it, did an art degree, and it was the most fun major I think anyone could ever have, you know, I, mm-hmm. I got for my senior um, thesis, I guess, I, I got to make a show, you know, I got to weld. And my art has always kind of been making order out of chaos or making some sort of chaotic order out of order. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that makes any sense. I, yeah. I, I you know, uh, my senior show, I took a lot of parts, tractor parts, car parts, and kind of tried to weld them together into something visually appealing and taking something that, you know, is kind of a utilitarian device mm-hmm. and turning it into something that was strictly for viewing, um, strictly aesthetic. Mm-hmm. And that was my senior show. And I, I, that's kind of been a recurring theme. I, I guess uh, I haven't been able to, you know, go back to welding as much as I'd like, um, though I did I did join that co-op for a while. Right. Um, you know, and I and I did whenever I go home. I kind of my dad owns a body shop in Kansas City, so mm-hmm. he lets me mess around on his equipment and use his spare parts to you know make art. Um, right. So I yeah. guess I guess it's finding that you know I, I definitely haven't made the choice to go completely over to the art side. I don't think I'm talented enough, and that's not to say I don't think like I have any talent, but it's just such a commitment to to just be a full-time artist and I don't think I have the drive or passion Mm. to do that but I definitely have the you know I definitely want to live a creative lifestyle I definitely have the urge to constantly want to express myself creatively and that could be through um you know just fun little projects uh finding furniture and and repainting it or right making things for my friends kind of just doing little projects to keep 
to make myself do something, you know, uh, printing right. printing shirts for the coalition, you know, doing things like that. Right. Yeah, that's obviously a, a sentiment I can really identify with. It's the whole reason we're having this podcast is that, you know, um, when I was in college, I considered, you know, switching over to an art degree. Um, you know, I saw how much fun that you and your friends were having doing it. It's something I always thought I was going to do anyway, but... You know, I had been in French for like five years already before I got to college. So it would be adding on two or three years to my college career to do something like that. And I, I don't know, was too cowardly or couldn't get past the logic of saying, you know, it's going to cost another $15,000 or so for me to do this. So I, uh, I didn't go that way. But uh, this is kind of an effort, again, to make myself do something creative even if it's just talking to other people about creative stuff they've done. But you see, I think that you're a perfect example is that, you know, you, your major and your job really aren't artistic per se, but you've definitely made it a part of your life. Right. You and kind of satisfy your own creative hunger, I guess. Right. And, you know, even my major and my job don't make any sense together. You know, I majored in French uh, and now I'm working for a bank. Uh, building technology. So I think uh, anyone who's listening to this, I should, I think we would both agree that no matter what your major is, it doesn't really matter, but it's more getting it done, getting a degree that people are looking for. So definitely, or, you, you know, utilizing, you know, if you're a, a good critical thinker and a hard worker, Mm-hmm. I think you're going to be you're going to be set. Right. And just because you have a boring maybe desk job, uh I'm not trying to say that you have a boring job, but I definitely do. Um doesn't mean you can't still be creative other time. It's just about making the commitment to get up and do something about it. Agreed. Good advice. So, uh I know for a fact that you had a very uh, difficult challenge in getting your art degree. And that one of your classes required to draw me naked. Oh. <laughs> so. True. You, I True. think that speaks a lot to your dedication to your art, that you would go through something as trying as that and just really stick it out there. So. I remember you were so kind. You always gave me the butt side to draw. <laughs> I really appreciate it. Oh, man. Yeah. <laughs> That was always a it's weird. always in the, on the, the butt side. <laughs> I think that was more that was more the instructor's doing than mine. He always posed me. Luckily, it was usually some way I was laying on my stomach or something, and I could just take a nap. But wow, that was always <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. It was always a weird day when you'd go to class, you know, in the morning, and then be naked for an hour, and then go to class again. So, uh, yeah. Highest paying job on campus. That's very true. Even though it wasn't very high paying. <laughs> <laughs> I think I maybe got $4 an hour, but I still got my, t- it was something we had to do for tuition anyway. So so anybody in uh, Kirksville, if you don't have a job, take a look at that. Uh, it's actually not so bad uh, once you get posed and you're just worrying about holding still. It's not so bad. Yeah, I remember the models would, you know, just be reading books and sleeping and yeah yeah so anyway enough of that um i want to go back to your art co-op so you said you got involved with a 
art co-op to kind of give you some some working space to do your welding. Um, first of all, for those of you who might not have worked with that before, what exactly is that and how would someone go about getting connected to it? Well, this one, this place is called Third Ward, and it's a really cool idea. Um, I really only worked, and, and, and it's a great place. You know, they have a lot of um, computers and and jewelry making classes and, uh, you know, like I guess computers, they have computers with, like, you know, digital equipment, mm -hmm. editing equipment and things like that, um, jewelry making classes, woodworking classes, welding classes, and then also kind of just community classes like um, making your own fertilizer or composting your hmm. your food and stuff like that. Um right. And then, and then, you know, they're, they're kind of a community as well. Like, they have a lot of events with music, and they have this thing that I actually still want to do, even though I'm not a member anymore, where I think you pay $10, and they give you uh, a 40 of Colt 45 or something. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and they have live music and uh, a nude model, and it's called Drink and Draw, so... <laughs> Pretty that, fun. That's pretty fun. I haven't done it yet. Can't go wrong with any art session that involves getting a forty as your first step. Yeah. So exactly. I think some really great work could come out of that. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, the the problems were one, it, it was expensive, mm -hmm. um, which I mean I don't really know how they could make it any cheaper. Right. But uh, and and the part that I was using, which was the welding equipment. Um, and the shop equipment was, you know, a lot of people used it and it wasn't well taken care of and mm. um, some of it was kind of dangerous. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, like in theory, it's a great idea, but in practice, I think there definitely could be some more, some room for improvement. And plus it was really far away from everything, which is why they give you a bike with your membership. Oh, really? So they gave me a, a free bike. It was really cute. It was green and said the name of the place on it and and actually that the biking aspect changed my life more than the membership did because I, I ended up you know now I bike everywhere I go right and just because they gave me this free bike and I'm not even a member anymore and I still use the bike so. oh that's pretty sweet so yeah. is this something that you know if again trying to bring it back to the people who live out in uh the middle midwest suburbia is this something that, you know, you can just Google, like, for art co-op and see if there's something nearby, or how did you get, get uh, how did you find out about them? Yeah, I, I kind of find out, found out about them by word of mouth. Uh -huh. um, a coworker of mine's husband is an artist, um, and he's, you know, he's actually going the distance. He just got his master's degree, and you know, he's working, trying to work professionally as an artist. And right. But he, he had looked into studio space, and he had found that that was a, a place. Yeah. Um, do you want to give New York, him, definitely. I'm sorry. Do you oh, want to give? Sorry, what? Do you want to give him a quick shout out? Oh, um, Brett Murphy. <laughs> he does a lot of. Um, he kind of intertwines technology and art, kind of for you know a an experience. Um, his thesis was this children's surround sound. Um, <laughs> children's surround sound. Yeah, I, I, he had a kind of a, an interactive surround sound. Um, Thing for children is like a oh, table okay. with animals on it and you know if you picked up a pig it would make a pig sound if you picked up a cow it would make a cow sound but it was in this like surround sound it's like this kind of experience huh. 
That sounds pretty cool. Kind of tactile and audio experience um, for kids. Yeah. So, Very cool. So, yeah. Brett anyway, Murphy. Brett Murphy. <laughs> All right. Check him out. So, um, again, getting back to the co-op, is that something you would recommend to an aspiring, aspiring artist? You know, is is it too cost prohibitive for somebody who maybe has just had an idea about, well, I want to do sculpture or I want to do uh, welding or something like that? Would that be a good idea as a good place to start? Um, yeah, definitely a good place to start because they do have a class, you know, that teaches you basics. Um, and that was like $200 on top of my membership fees, which is, wasn't so bad. And you got all the materials. Mm -hmm. um, but at the same time, there's other ways to kind of get around it. You know, like it, it all depends. I mean, this is, this is like with anything. It all depends on your connections. So right. if you have a connection with a shop or something that might let you use their stuff for a cheaper cost, if you could go in like after hours or something or, right. you know, but I mean, but how easy is that to find? Which is easier? Is it easier to find the shop or is it easier to find the co-op? I guess that would be up to the individual. Right. Um, well, that's a good point. So, but in New York, there's a lot of places like that. There's a lot of, a lot more than anywhere else I've ever been. So right. it's, it was something I didn't even know existed. And then when I started researching it, I found that there was quite a few of them. Right. So um, speaking of New York, obviously you're very involved in that city. Um, I've never I've, been. It's been on my list for a very long time. You know, I've been trying to convince people at work that uh, I need to go on a business trip there or something, but have not been successful yet. Um, it strikes me as one of those places that, you know, you if you've never been, you see it in a movie. It seems like every romantic comedy is set there. Uh, you see it in TV shows. Again, every NBC sitcom is somebody working for a magazine in New York. And it's just been, <laughs> just been set. It's almost a fantasy world to me. It's like it just makes as much sense as going to Hogwarts as it does going to New York City. So as somebody who you know, didn't grow up there, how did your impression, what was your impression of the city before you went, and how did it change once you got there? Um, that's a good question. Uh, yeah, I also was a product of every movie-slash-romantic comedy. Jesse <laughs> and I admittedly used to watch Sex and the City religiously. Oh, Jesse. Um, Hey, oh, Jesse, Jesse. Too. <laughs> Jesse too. Jesse was right there with me. <laughs> and that's why I love him. All right. <laughs> Sometimes... you know, we, we'd, be like, we'd be like, we're going to move there, you know, like, uh -huh. oh, Sex in the City, you know. Uh -huh. And then when we moved here, we kind of hated Sex in the City. Right. Because I guess, I mean, there, there is definitely the cool... I mean, there is kind of a magic to New York City, mm -hmm. and that that's definitely true. I, I, so, you know, like last night when I was walking around my neighborhood and people were dancing in um, fire hydrants and, you know, people were sitting out on their stoop and you were just kind of like, yeah, I'm in New York. There's no other place like this. Right. But then, then you watch Sex in the City and, and, you know, there's this like completely, or Friends, and there's like this completely unrealistic, like, how do you afford that giant apartment <laughs> and just buy five thousand dollars worth of shoes every day like you can't that's not realistic well especially <laughs> in that show i mean she's a writer right i mean yeah, even someone for a newspaper even someone who's got that kind of connection can't afford that kind of whatever 
you know, especially with the way the newspaper industry is now. I mean, that's just that show is just ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, tell me then about some of your uh, quintessential New York moments. I guess. Okay. I, yeah, I, I was thinking about this question because it's such a good question. Um, but probably my favorite. I guess my my least favorite thing about New York would be the crowd. Like you know, mm-hmm. just that that you don't have any personal space or any personal, I guess, private time. If you're out on the street, you are not in private. There is always someone around. Right. You know, especially, or if you're walking down the street during a busy time of day, um, or like the first day of spring when everyone comes out of their apartments and you notice a difference <laughs> of like just how hard it is to walk down the street or right. go to a movie or something like that. Um, or, you know, or like if you stop to tie your shoe and someone will bump into you, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, or there's no place to sit. Like, that's definitely, like, my least favorite. Or people are kind of fighting and agitated, you know, like, hey, get out of the way. You know, like, right. you always people in New York kind of yell things like that. And that's <laughs> true, they do. Um, but then, like, when that works in the opposite way, where you get millions of people to kind of come together, Mm-hmm. It's a really beautiful thing. And, um, like, for example, the night that Barack Obama got elected, mm-hmm. uh, you know, he, as soon as it got announced that he won the election, um, it was like 11 o'clock. I guess they, you know, whenever California closed its polls, they were just like, okay, he won. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and Jesse was just getting off the train at that time, and he called me because I guess up by the train station people were just going crazy yeah you know people were honking their horns and throwing things out their windows and um you know we we lived in like the middle of brooklyn flatbush brooklyn um which is kind of perceived as not the best area but <laughs> definitely not that bad of an area and we loved living there every uh-huh. second that we lived there so anyway um he called me and was like what happened you know what what happened everyone's going crazy and i was like oh he won and Jesse was like what state and I was like he won the whole election and it was like one minute after he won the election and so I went running down the street to meet Jesse Uh and everyone's kind of coming out of their apartments and into the street and people in the street are like driving really slowly high-fiving each other and yelling and then I ran and like met Jesse and um we hugged in the street and then there was you know we, we did kind of a victory lap uh-huh. on Church Avenue, and there, you know, there, I was hugging random strangers and high-fiving people, and it was just this, like, really beautiful moment. And then for, like, the next three days, everyone was talking about it. You know, everyone was just high-fiving each other, and <laughs> I, I'd get into random conversations with people on the subway, and they'd be like, oh, isn't it great that Barack Obama got elected? You uh-huh. know, it's just cool, so. That's pretty cool. <laughs> I think I think I just uh, solidified every stereotype about liberal New Yorkers, but... <laughs> It was, it was true that day. So. I, sometimes stereotypes are true, you know. Uh, yeah. So you actually got to meet President Obama pretty recently. Tell me about that. Um, that was because of my wonderful mother, who's a really big... I, well, I shouldn't say... The coolest part about getting to meet the president was because my mom is not a big donor. She's this average lady. She's retired, so she... In the 2008 campaign, she's that retired school teacher. She put her whole self into that campaign. You know, mm-hmm. she worked her ass off, and she was in a pretty Republican suburb of Kansas City, and ended up getting. You know, like they didn't expect to win those precincts, 
but they ended up getting like way more of the vote than they even thought that they had the possibility to do. And my mom's team made more phone calls than anybody. And, you know, she's kind of stayed politically active. She signs a lot of petitions. She's always calling her congressperson. Um, and so her team leader recommended her when the, the White House was trying to choose people from every state. He, they chose one person from every state to come and meet the president mm-hmm. and also have a guest. And uh, she got chosen. So Very cool. we got to go and they kind of wanted to keep those people involved and, um, you know, get their input. And, you know, of the people who are, you know, like the hardest working people on the campaign um, to keep them involved in kind of White House agenda and creation mm-hmm. of agenda. So it was just an incredible honor. And I'm glad she chose me and not my dad. Sorry, <laughs> dad. <Yeah. laughs> and so we got to go to the White House and they, they had a little reception for us and a policy briefing and an open bar. Oh, and they did it right, huh? Exactly, and they, you know, there were all these signs that said "Don't take pictures," but everyone was like, "Come on in, this is your house, take pictures." And so you know, everyone was taking pictures of everything, priceless antiques and things. And then we all got lined up and uh, got to meet the president. We're introduced and got to talk to him for two or three minutes. Mm-hmm. And um, it, it was just—I can't even believe that it happened. Um, yeah. When I saw him, you know, like just him in the room and he looks just like he does on TV and you're like oh my god it's Barack Obama right here in this room <laughs> right and, and uh, you know like he shook our hands and was like oh what's your name I'm really nice to meet you and tell me about yourself and you know um, I was like oh it's so nice to meet you my mom worked really hard on your campaign and then my mom stepped up and she was like oh thank you for you know passing the SBA loan mm-hmm. you know political uh, thing that really helped my dad's business and um and she was like, can I have one of those famous Obama hugs? <laughs> and so she got a hug from him. And he was Aww. like, of course. Of course. In his Obama voice. Right. And then I was like standing like 10 feet away. And I was like, no, I want one too. <laughs> I have one too. And so I would got like a kind of a stiff hug from him. And then we walked out of the room and I just like burst into tears. So I was like, oh, God, I just met the president. <laughs> that's that's pretty awesome. Uh, one thing I, I wanted to know, did he kind of smell like smoke? No, he didn't. Oh, he must know how to do he, it, right? I he smelled really good. Because <laughs> when you like when we left, I smelled you know like a smell on me that was not me because I just hugged him. And it smelled like really good cologne. Oh, oh it smelled right. so good, but well, not smoke. <laughs> well, you heard it here then. Obama smells really good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's that's pretty awesome. You know. Um, I've said numerous times, you know, uh, watching your uh, Facebook feed and uh, Jesse's Facebook feed, too, is a constant source of jealousy for me, you know. Uh, and that was a particularly uh, difficult one for me to deal with, but I made peace with it. I'm glad you got to meet him. Aww. <laughs> That's very cool. You too someday, Rosan. Yeah, yeah, well, we'll see. <laughs> but you still need to come to New York and run the marathon and... And you always have a place to stay. Very cool. Uh, so yeah. come visit us. So uh, getting back to New York a little bit, um, another source of jealousy for me was when you worked at uh, Madison Square Garden. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and it seemed like every other day, like, I was listening to a Prince or, you know, I was listening to this band or that band. I'm like, ah, what the hell? 
what am I doing here? Why am I not doing something like that? Can you talk well, about Well, you know what's really funny? I I didn't really start going to concerts until after I stopped working there. Oh, really? Yeah. It was really funny. There weren't really many good concerts when I was working there, and I couldn't get into them for free anyway, but I could get really good tickets, but uh-huh. I couldn't get into um, And then as I was working there, I was going to go see David Byrne, uh-huh. who was coming in February, and this is like December. And I was like, oh, I'll go see David Byrne. Maybe I'll pay for really good tickets for that. And then I got the job at the Coalition, so I quit. And so I actually saw David Byrne after. And that was kind of like Paul Simon, David Byrne, Leonard Cohen kicked off my concert. Uh-huh. Like going to a shitload of concerts. <laughs> right. <laughs> it's, a, it's a technical term, I think. <laughs> yeah, yeah. One, one metric did, shitload. I, I did get to go to some free things. Like I got to go to a couple of hockey games, which was amazing. Mm-hmm. We, we got to sit on the glass. They had these leftover tickets. They were like thousand dollar tickets or something crazy. Wow. It's just really expensive to do anything here. But um, yeah. So anything else you want to talk about? Um, I don't think so. I guess just just best of luck with your endeavor. I listened to your first podcast and it was very good. Oh, and thank you. You're so, um, you're very, de- you always have been dedicated, but it seems like you're, you're even more dedicated. And I think that what you're trying to do is very, very cool. And I commend you for it. Well, I, I definitely appreciate it. And, you know, um, without people, you know, like you who jump on board, you know, this would never go anywhere. So thank you once again for, for agreeing to be on here and uh, for your support. It means a lot. Oh, and one more thing. Sure. The first issue of the magazine was spectacular. Oh, thank you. It's very well laid out, very cool, and I, we, we had our little signed copy. <laughs> I noticed that you signed the copy for Jesse. That's right. So, the, uh, well done. Everyone should you. go out and buy it right now and support <laughs> this wonderful cause. That, that's, that's right. I think they should. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Okay, that's all I uh, all I have for you this week. I hope you enjoyed that. I definitely enjoyed talking to Marissa. And, uh, you know, maybe our whole conversation wasn't about art, but I hope it was still interesting. So join us back next week where we'll talk to one of our favorite people, uh, Chris Hamm. Uh, he had a reading for us last year also, but I talked to him a little more about his process too. So uh, check that next week. So we're trying out something of an experiment. Um, We now have an actual live phone number where you can call in and talk to our voicemail um, just to take 10 minutes to do whatever you want to do, you know, Uh, read us a story, sing us a song, uh, read a poem, uh, tell us how much our podcast sucks, Uh, basically anything. And uh, we will listen to that. Um, maybe put it up here maybe get back in touch maybe it's an idea you have for some sort of project you want us to do so uh, if you're interested in that the number is 972-535-MIST or 6478 and uh, I'm interested to see what uh, you might come up with so hit us up anyway that's it for this week talk to you later